Hey guys, welcome back to She Speaks Life, where we share our faith stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so excited to bring to you my new friend, Nicole Jacobsmeyer. She has a story filled with relentless trials from assault to depression to miscarriage and cancer, but she held on to hope, the kind that only God can give and how she was encouraged by God's pursuit to get her through the most difficult seasons. Her book, Take Back Your Joy, Fighting for Purpose, When Life is More Than You Can Handle, is out now for pre-order. This book will reassure you that we are never alone in our sufferings, doubts, and questions that we have in life. You'll want to grab that book by the end of our story. So get ready, be encouraged, and let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to She Speaks Life. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. So fun. And what an amazing journey you have been on. So before we get into that, I wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite verse, a life verse uh, that you can share with us? Oh, man. I think this changes seasonally for me. I can't be what I don't think I'm one of those people that just has this like overarching this is my verse for my yeah. whole life right um I think that's great that people can do that for me it's just very seasonal and I think right now just writing this book and going through pain and hardships and suffering I love Romans 8:18 8, and it says for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us and that is just something that I have been clinging to and trying to fill my mind with that truth that it's all going to be worth it and to keep mm-hmm. going and trust God in all of this. Yeah. Mm, that's a beautiful verse. Yeah. I mean, and you of all people have gone through some suffering of your own and some pain, which we're going to talk about. And you wrote a book and it's been published and it's coming out there into the world. (laughs) I'm so excited for you. And um, I got to say, I love the title. It's called Take Back Your Joy. And the subtitle is Fighting for Purpose When Life is More Than You Can Handle. And how many of us have gone through things in life, difficulties where we feel like it's more than we can handle. And we're just like, Lord, like I can't handle one more thing. And especially by reading your story of how you just got attacked like back to back. And it was just amazing to read your story and how God brought you through and being though honest with your emotions and, and dealing with it and then sharing what God had revealed to you during those times. So I'm super excited because I know women can relate to this. I know I can relate to this. And I know what you have to share is going to make an impact. And so I just want to kind of kick off with maybe the beginning of when this dark season was yeah. just uh, basically uninvited into your life. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up in a Christian home. And so I had a really great surrounding 
environment. I am very lucky. I do not take it for granted of my upbringing because I had parents who were believers, friends, all the things. And, you know, it's, it's almost like I didn't have enough pain and trials to even understand what suffering with and for Christ even looked like mm-hmm. until really big things started happening and mm-hmm. huge pains, huge traumas, huge sufferings. And that's when I felt like I was really tested in my faith and even in my understanding of having a biblical foundation and what does the gospel even mean and how, how do I live this out? And how can I read you know verses like James 1, 2, where mm-hmm. it says, consider it joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. So once in um, once I hit college, there were a lot of things that happened in a short time, and one of them was I was actually raped. And so this mm. intense trauma that I was walking through, coupled with all these other things surrounding me, um, like my dad coming out and sharing that he was living a double life and just other things with school and dealing with friends. And there's just so much in such a short period that I didn't know how to even get out, really. I didn't know how to keep serving and loving the Lord when nothing made sense and worship didn't make sense. And reading the Bible for sure didn't make sense because Mm -hmm. God was supposed to be my protector. He was supposed to be my provider. And the faithful father and all of these things that it it didn't make sense in my own life because of my circumstances. And so that was kind of the time that I really started digging. And then all these years later, a whole set of other trials kind of hit me. And that was the cherry on top of a stacked decade of pain and suffering that I had to I had to finally just drop before the Lord on my knees and be like I have nothing. I don't understand. I've got nothing left. So mm-hmm. it's it's been a very hard journey for sure. Mhm. Mhm. Now, I know when somebody goes through a rape, they're like obviously going, "God, where were you?" Right? Um tell me how did you heal from that? How did you heal from that question, God, where were you? How could you let this happen? I honestly, it took me years and years. Like there are still things that I will have to place before him and just say, I don't get this and I don't Mm -hmm. understand. Help me to trust you. Help me to know your true character. I mean, those those questions still come. So even though you know I wrote a book about joy and all the suffering and whatever, that still doesn't mean that I have it just easy all the time to understand, oh, the truth of the gospel and God's character. And I just have all this knowledge. It's living it out. And it's like the choices to keep going and keep serving and keep understand the truth and keep reading the word. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was years of intense counseling. It was Mm -hmm. years of really just me and the Lord when I had no one else. Um, One of the Mm -hmm. things that I think pulled me out of that too was the women's director, and she was also involved in missions She of our church. She ended up calling me, I think it was, gosh, within the 
month of all of this happening and invited me to her office and asked me to lead the missions trip to Nepal that next summer. Mm-hmm. And I just, of course, I was like, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? I'm like the most broken I've ever been in my entire life. And I don't even know if I love God right now. So no, I'm not doing that. And she, what she said to me, she was like, Nicole, I know that God has called you to this because you have nothing to offer. And in your complete brokenness and weakness, he's going to he's gonna shine through and he's going to show up. And so mm. I was just bawling because I felt like it yeah. was a second chance. I felt like it was, you know, taking responsibility. And the fact that God used other people to almost bring out this service in me so that I didn't focus so much on myself and my pain and what I was walking through and the doubting and the questions. It was almost like I had I had a lot of that over the years, of course, but serving this team and going overseas and mm-hmm. witnessing to women who have had it a thousand times worse than I have ever had it mm-hmm. and just showing up and being the hands and feet of Christ to other people. That that really helps me. That helped me recover. So good and so true. So um, I I know that when we're walking through some dark seasons that I remember going through the worst financial hardship. I mean, we're talking about borrowing money to put food on the table. You got three small kids. Your husband's out of a job. I mean, awful, right? And so I remember reluctantly going to this Valentine neighborhood party for moms and kids. And approaching this Pinterest looking front door, you know, where I could barely buy chocolate Valentine candy for my kids. And I'm walking up and I've just got the, I just knew I've got this mask on this trying to crack a smile, but inside I am just broken and I'm crumbling. And so during, um, your dark seasons, did you feel this pressure to put on this smile? And, you know, if we have a friend that's listening, that's going through hardship herself, like, what do you say to that person if they are avoiding their emotions? Yeah. So I, I completely understand putting that like fake face on after trauma mm-hmm. because you're so traumatized that it it's like it doesn't even register in your brain what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. I remember going into um, this the one of the like police rooms to talk about this investigation that we were going to have to have after everything happened, and I was like, "Oh hey, how are you guys?" And they were like writing that in the notes, like, "Okay, you know, I'm yeah. sure they're just like <laughs> she is, <laughs> she is right. so traumatized, like she doesn't even know what's coming." And so I think that. There's a difference between sufferings, right, and and the type of pain that you are walking. Um, trauma is, I think, a whole other ball game that mm-hmm. you really have to sift through and seek counseling. And just it's a it's a long road um, ahead. But I think in other things that are really devastating, um, that could be equally as devastating in your in your heart, soul, and mind, and with your walk with the Lord. I think we have to realize the difference between joy and happiness because mm-hmm. we're not called to just be like fake. 
you know? Um, and we have a responsibility to ourselves, to the people around us and to the Lord, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a time and a place for all of that. There's a time and a place to vent and let it out. But how in the world are we going to take this a step of healing if we can't even be honest and we can't even right. be real? And I just, I have done a lot of things wrong in my life. But one thing is I am always honest because mm -hmm. that's the only thing that sometimes you can rely on that to to just be authentic before him and yeah. be like, I don't get this and I'm mad and I'm hurt and I don't understand and I don't want to read the Bible and I'm angry and this is how I am. I don't. Mm -hmm. And in other people, you will see that if you're just honest and you're this authentic but humble like character that comes around with people, they're going to be able to share. You're going to be able to share in each other's sufferings as right. the Bible clearly tells us to do. And oh, good. we can't, we can't, it, it starts with us though. We can't yeah. expect other women to be like, okay, once mm -hmm. they share, maybe then I will. Like, right. let's just cut past all of that and just mm -hmm. be honest that we are all broken and we all need a savior and we've yeah. all had horrible things and we've all walked through something and we mm -hmm. need, we all need Jesus. And so this isn't mm -hmm. like a one-up game, you know? Right. So yeah. definitely be real with your emotions. Definitely be mm -hmm. honest before the Lord. I mean, that's kind of where I have yeah. to land. Oh, so true. I mean, over and over again, I say it many times, I think on this podcast, like God can handle our emotions, our questions, yep. <laughs> our anger, like yeah. get it all out. He already sees it in, the, in your heart. And I love that you also touched on share your story, your sufferings with another woman, because I know when I lead a Bible study or facilitate something, you know, you read like how to be a leader you know, right. <laughs> share your story because it, it works because people yeah. are just waiting for somebody to share something that's real and, and not fluffy. And right. then they feel, oh, it's okay. I got permission to share my junk, you know? Right. And so right. and when we reveal, we heal. It's not just to go and vomit on us and, and right. just stay in that place of Right. Don't stuck. stay there. Don't, Don't stay, there. stay there. It's actual a step to get out yes. and yeah. uh, not to swim in it. So absolutely. So good. I love everything you said. So in your book, Take Back Your Joy, uh, one of the chapters, you invite women to discover joy in their everyday moments in life. Why do you think that it's important to stay in the present and not be, you know, stuck in your past or even be so focused on your future that you miss out in the present? Yeah. And, you know, what are those steps that we can take to really see the present? Because I can relate. I've been yeah. going through this the last few months where God has really been touching on my heart saying, stay in the present, quit yes. looking at the future. Yes. So yes. share. I'd love to and hear I, it. I definitely think there's wisdom in planning and right. having things in order. Like that's obviously not what we're talking about, but right. I I really think this this chapter came out of being 
confined to my bed after cancer and healing and I could do nothing. And I was so depressed and so just in this complete darkness of doubts and questions and anger. And Mm -hmm. I kind of, I lost it. I lost my fight. I completely lost my fight. I gave up. I was over it and I, I couldn't see how I could move on to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see how this new idea of Nicole and how I was, you know, on medication and, and to, to keep me alive, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. I lost my energy and I just wasn't the same person. And I hated that. And so Mm -hmm. I realized that over time when I would get up and put some jeans on and make my lunches for the kids and take them to baseball, make a meal for my family, maybe clean out a drawer, like little things that were right in front of me that I needed to get done helped pull me out of that type of depression. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, serving obviously is just a huge thing in general, overarching Mm -hmm. theme in the book, but I think Mm -hmm. being able to serve your family and look at what is right in front of you with your kids and your friends and the circle of influence that God has given you and you are responsible for that, Mm -hmm. that he placed you in that family with those kids as that mom, as that spouse, like whatever, as that best friend for a reason. Mm -hmm. And we, we need to we need to not put those burdens on ourselves of we have to be perfect or we have to be the best or anything, but just being exactly where God wants you to be and being content in that. I also think for social media, it's a huge thing, you know, being mm-hmm. content with where you are and focused in your lane helps you not look around at everyone else and because we can just get so uptight and jealous and that's a whole other thing, you know. Oh, I know. I know you mentioned that in the book that it's a a joy stealer, you know. I've heard yeah. joy killer and you know, I I think it it can bend that way. It can be like I'm just like it's a it's a bittersweet kind of relationship. Like yeah. you know, like if you're feeling pressured to post and got this yucky feeling like that yeah. It's time to take a break and maybe reevaluate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I want to be oh. on here. And you know what yeah. I did the other day? I actually yeah. tur- I turned off all likes. So I can never see likes. I can't see views. I can't even see my oh. own unless I go I click know that, on it. I didn't even and know that's that, an option. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's been amazing because then I'm like, I don't care anymore. It's okay. Yes. You know, yeah. like you don't yeah. have to play that game and yeah. you can engage when you want and post when you want. And it's so freeing. <laughs> you know, that's smart. And I didn't even know that there was an option to do yeah. that because <laughs> that is where that they're finding the whatever chemical in your brain, you respond from the likes and the yep. and the comments or whatever that you start to get addicted to, right? Yes. And it starts right. to be the driver, you know. Yes. Oh, I didn't get many likes on this one, you know. Oh, you know, I'm not gonna post. You get down, you know, and it starts to kind of control your mood for that day. I mean, yep. I know that there. It, that happens because there's a chemical, there's an actual thing that's changing in your brain. Yes. So everyone who's listening, go. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> not. Turn no off sign. your likes. 
I'm trying to think of the chemical of the brain, but there's some kind of shift in there that yes. happens that I've read about. But anyway, okay. So along with you going through a horrible uh, situation where you were raped and then you came down with cancer and uh, you're a cancer survivor. Yes. Got out of that. Thank you, yes. Jesus. Yes. And then you went through a period of grief from a miscarriage. That's a huge loss, you know, yeah. in itself. I remember I went through one. I was only about a month along, but I remember it was pretty sad. That was a devastating yeah. thing that I thought happened to other people. It's not going to happen to me, but yeah. just knowing that there was a life in there and yes. that you're showing signs of losing it. I mean, that's that's horrible and sad. And what could you share on, you know, encouragement going through that type of grief? It was really hard because I lost this baby and then we found out we were moving across the country and then I was diagnosed with cancer within like a few months of each other. Oh, wow. And so I don't think I was able to fully grieve the loss until I was starting to heal from cancer and like mm -hmm. coming out of that because it was all so quick that I, I didn't get to sit and, and mourn. I was more focused on like, what happens if I don't wake up after surgery? Like, mm -hmm. what is my family going to do? And it was the most depressing, horrible season because of that. And then afterwards, obviously, I was starting to heal. The surgery went amazing. Mm -hmm. The treatment went great. Everything's been clear and scans have been wonderful. Praise God, all the things. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I lost a baby. Mm -hmm. And that was, it was almost like I got hit twice with it because there was so much time in between to when I actually was able to process. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like adding to the depression and making it even worse because I was so excited for another baby, last baby, you know, and, and then it's like my whole, all my plans got ruined times a hundred, you know, and right. I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with that. But to anyone who's been through that, it's honestly, there's not a right answer or a right, I, as a mom who's walked that, it, mm -hmm. it is just one of the worst things. And mm -hmm. I don't really know besides like that verse I shared in the beginning that the sufferings we face here on earth are nothing compared to the glory that is going to be revealed and mm -hmm. the good ahead, you know, mm -hmm. when, when Christ returns, but that's just, yeah, it's such a hard place. It's so, it, and it's yeah. tender and it's touchy and it's just, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had uh, two ladies come on here. They have a ministry. I, I believe it's called Unknown Ministry, and mm -hmm. they help women going through that grief and that loss. And um, they do amazing work because mm -hmm. it is a journey. And, yeah. you know, there's not some time limit on when you heal, right. you know, everyone's yep. different and they have all kinds of resources on that, which is so good. But I know you had mentioned going back to your book that during your cancer treatment that you kind of then shifted from your agenda to the Lord's uh, agenda. 
And, you know, we all know about gratitude and how that impacts us. So what was that correlation for you with gratitude and joy? What did you find during that time when you just gave thanks to the Lord? I think I was, because I was basically debilitated on my bed for so long, I remember watching other people serve when I couldn't do anything. And Mm -hmm. they would, I had to be on the receiving end, people serving me, waiting on me, helping me. And my husband was not only the rock of the family that year, but he also was, it was like a whole nother aspect of our marriage was being shown. And I mean, I don't know how detailed you want me to get, but I mean, there was like, he had to do some pretty nasty stuff, like change my neck drains and yeah, help me wipe my butt, like showering, hair, all the things. It's like- All of it. I couldn't do anything. All the things you would do, he has to do. (laughs) And it's like him stepping in in that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, that really makes you sit back and say, oh my gosh, thank you so much, Lord, for number one, helping me find this amazing man and putting him in my life so that all these years later, after we got married, he is in this split, in this place being able to serve in this way and love me in this way. Right. Like that is, that's huge. And then seeing how he was with the kids and, and how yeah. he just, I mean, this was his intern year of pediatric residency and he oh, had wow. to be playing mom and dad and carting the kids around and figuring out all the things. And while I'm just like Mm -hmm. healing from surgery, it's, I had surgery the same week he started. So it's like, it helps you when you shift from your control, your agenda, and starting to see God through the people around you, it gives you this, such a gratitude that you're able to sit back and see things that you're thankful for that you probably couldn't have seen before. Yeah. Mm, so good. It was hard. And it was hard that. though, because I'm like such a power through person. <laughs> oh, right. I'm sure. And and I could see like that supernatural though strength through your husband being able to do yep. all that. I mean, that's not on his own strength. That's on the Lord's strength for him to be mm-hmm. able to do that. You're saying about service being a bridge from pain to purpose. Uh, what you wrote that in the book. And so I just wanted you to kind of explain since you're talking about serving, which I just love because that is such a key to have that joy and to sustain that joy in us is when we're taking the focus off ourselves and putting it and serving others. For me, it's always looking back. It's always looking back and remembering what God has done because when you're in the middle of pain, and you're in the middle mm-hmm. of a horrific experience, you're not like, oh, there's got to be purpose in this. You know, <laughs> you're yes, not, right. you don't no. see, you don't see no. that. And no, you don't. Yeah. Right. Like you're so focused on healing and can I breathe and can I get up out of bed and can I get out of this circumstance, whatever it is, you're just mm-hmm. like total survival mode. And so I think being able to look back and see this all the things that God did in this analogy of like a bridge from the this painful experience and these awful things that have happened and then being able to look over 
your life. Maybe it's months, maybe it's years, maybe it's decades that you're seeing this bridge of finally, okay, I see a purpose in that. I see Mm -hmm. what God is doing. I know you touched on complaining. And when is that time that you say like, you know, stop staying stuck, stop the complaining, and when we should start pursuing what God has for us? I think we don't give ourselves enough credit in this because I think we know. I think we know when it's enough, when it's like, okay, stop. Yeah. (laughs) Like all you're doing now is just this cycle of like a downward spiral now. It's not even a cycle anymore. It's now going downwards. We know. And that's why we have to be cognizant of where we are. We have to be mindful and focused on, okay, if this is clearly making me go lower and lower and just bringing me down and I'm not doing anything to take a first step, that shows that you're probably in the little complaining cycle. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's, I think we know, and, and I can't, I'm a really great complainer. <laughs> I I feel like there's so many things that I just I immediately vocalize it, right? So that's like I'm a I'm a verbal processor and so yeah. I will just say it right then and out loud, but I try not to stay there. And I think it's fine to vent with your girlfriends or to you know, you need to talk something out with your husband. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. totally normal, right? But mm-hmm. Once it gets to that, okay, you're bringing everybody down around you and that's not healthy, I think we know, okay, I should stop. (laughs) Yeah, when it's constant. And I think it's it's easier to complain. It's, you know, that's our default, right? (laughs) The default is like, I'm just going to do what's easier. It's easier to just sit there and complain and whine. (laughs) And it's harder to actually you know, stop, control our tongue and take it to the Lord and prayer and renew our mind with his word, right? That's just how it is. But we know that that is the the solution that is going to his word will help us to have a better perspective, have his perspective on things in life. So yes. Yeah. So true. I love that you talk about the struggle, you know, with women and how confidence and contentment in Christ, you know, doesn't always become this <laughs> natural thing to us, right? right. And um, talking about our, our default. Uh, so I, I just want you to share kind of like what are those faithful steps that women can take to grab on to that godly confidence and contentment, which I just, I absolutely love those two words. I think, well, one, I think it's different for everybody because it depends on so many things like the type of trials you're going through, or are you in a great season or are you in a really awful season? So how does that, you know, how does that look? But I think with contentment and confidence, being able to, one, be authentic before the Lord, Mm-hmm. Number two, get in the word. Always yeah. get in the word because we need to know our Bibles and we need to know verses that are being posted on Instagram in the wrong way. We need to be able to discern and know mm-hmm. what's truth and what are lies. And we need to know God's character. 
And knowing those things will bring that contentment and confidence because then you know whose you are and who you're serving. And it it's a journey. It's not like as simple. I mean, it's simple, but it, it takes time to train our minds to go to the word instead of somebody else or remember God's true character for us and his grace and his love for us instead of, you know, like I did after cancer, just being so mad at him. Well, mm-hmm. why was I mad? It's because my theology on suffering was very much lacking. And mm-hmm. that's those are the things for me that I really had to work through in order to gain that contentment and confidence. But it is a daily, it's a daily choice. It's a daily yeah. uh, lesson and things that we have to grow in and learn because we're never going to all have it figured out, you know? Mm-hmm. Really is. It is a daily journey. Okay. I'd love to finish our episodes with a takeaway. Do you have something that you can deliver to our friend here that's listening so she can ponder on for the day? Yes. I, not only going back to the first verse that I've shared a couple times with Romans 8, 18 and focusing on the glory that is to be revealed instead of the trials now, but also just a takeaway of our lives are about making Christ known, even in our sufferings. And sometimes most of all in our sufferings, because it's really easy to love God and love people when everything is going great and to be able to showcase God and who he is and the miracles he does and how he's the only one that can transform and renew and restore and redeem our, and heal all those things in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's about making him known even in the worst places. So good. I love it. Take back your joy. It's coming out. Okay. Tell us when it comes out and where people can connect with you and buy your book and all that good stuff. Yes. So it comes out October 4th officially. Yay. Yay. But it is up for pre-order. I think it's Amazon, Mardell, uh, Christian Bookstore, Barnes & Noble. There may be another one, but those those are them now. But you can just go to NicoleJacobsMeyer.com or go to Instagram, Nicole.JacobsMeyer, and all the info, all the book things are on there. And right now we even have pre-orders. So you get the audio book, you get free lock screens and the first chapter and all these fun reflection guides and you can join the launch team. There's so many fun things right now. So merchandise, all the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. I gotta say, it's so cool to be part of a book launch. Yes, we have so many fun things and I, I would love to meet everybody, whether that's virtually or in the launch team or even in my DMs on Instagram. <laughs> so yes. come say hi. Yes, because we're here to build each other up, right? Yes. And be there for other women. So good. All right, Nicole. Well, thank you for coming on here and sharing your story. It was so rich with wisdom uh, for us to glean on on how to get through those trials and still have joy. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jamie. It has been a joy. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for listening today. And I trust that God has encouraged you through this story. Did you know this podcast is on YouTube? Hop on there and subscribe and you can see a live recording of each episode. 
And for more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com. That's J-A-Y-M-E elizabeth.com. And let's connect beyond this podcast by going to my Instagram handle, Jamie Elizabeth, She Speaks Life, or Facebook. Until next time, my friend, I hope God reveals himself through your own life story.